Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello! Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of Christy by Catherine Marshall. We're so part, two. part two. Part two. Here we go. Okay. All right. So, um, a little bit of housekeeping before we jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to, you guys might have noticed in the last one, <laughs> right. um, we didn't talk too much about it, but we've um, switched over to a slightly new format mm-hmm. um, for how we're doing the podcast, just um, because we feel like it will make our content more rich for our own personal discussions and then also for the listeners in the long run. So that's why we've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the format will look a little bit different going forward. Right. Um, so that's that's something. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing we were going to say... Trigger warnings. Oh, yes. Um, so we have a couple of trigger warnings. Um, mild ones for our discussion, but they're yes. definitely there for the book. Um, trigger warning for um, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I would not say it is vividly described in any way but it is definitely there um and then a trigger warning for um an illness epidemic that takes place um at the end of the book mm-hmm. um so for a significant portion of the end of the book yeah it's it's a good chunk and you yeah. kind of it, you kind of wade through it a bit there so yeah. trigger warnings for those two things um and then i think that's pretty much it that's as far it, right? as, as housekeeping goes yeah yep. i do think though we wanted to kind of start with where we left off in part one yes. so morgan where did we leave off in part one when we last spoke we left off with Tom McComb on the run from Bird's Eye Taylor and his group of cronies. It's <laughs> true. Because he tattled about the moonshine, moonshine still. Mm-hmm. And uh, so here Bird's we are. Eye was mad. So there we go. That's where we are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's. Dive, dive in. This is the quickest intro we've had. I know. Well, I mean, we don't have to do star I mean, ratings. All of the other stuff we did. Or read mm-hmm. yeah, the back cover. Or any other mm-hmm. um, okay, so jumping right in, we, um, the mission house has kind of like gets like ransacked. Like do, they do all that stuff to Prince. They like oh, cut, right. his, cut his cut his mane, mane and, and make him pretty ugly looking and dude just, there's like several things that are cut happening up the maps and books yes schoolhouse um, all kind of in retaliation against <laughs> David preaching out um, we mentioned some of this last writers. episode yeah as hmm. well yeah. yes and it kind of all kind of happens yes at it's once all where... connected um, and then the next thing that happens isn't the next thing that happens is they find Tom or he comes to them well remember while he's still on the run. We have those um, intruders or yes. un- wannabe intruders, un- unidentified persons that try that come looking for Tom at the mission house because he stays at the mission house for a little bit. Okay, he's injured. He yes, oh, that's right, right. That's right. Because he gets because yes. he gets shot. Yes, Tom gets shot. He comes and convalesces at <laughs> the mission house. Yes, but he leaves to try to go home. Um, <clears throat> or to yeah to try to mm-hmm. get back to his family. Yes, um, but in. After he's already left, these kind of unknown people come to the mission house. Um, oh, and at we night. also we find out because David's gone. He's he he he's gone to talk to the marshals 
who helped who tried to find the still and like found Tom and all this kind of stuff. So yes. like and we find out in this section, although I think we mentioned it the last one, the bird's eye and they all escaped from jail. Right. Yes. So they're out on the loose. Okay. Um, but so they, these unidentified so men, it's not bird's eye and his people. It's, I guess, I guess people that bird's eye got to yeah, try to yeah. smoke Tom it's out of the mission house. It's not cronies. Yes. Well, cause it's important to note that like, so at the mission house, that's where Christy and David's sister, Ira, live, Ida. Ida live. Um, and, and then also Ruby May is there. Yes. Yes. So, um, they're at the house and then David has, they call it the bunk house and it's like, a short walk away it's like mm-hmm. near the stables so but yes. he's not there so normally he would have heard the ruckus and come to help right. you know but it's just them ladies yep and they devise a plan because there's like they're waking up by people like screaming and hooting and hollering and mm-hmm. drinking and outside the house and trying to get in to the mission. and like the house isn't very well built like you know it's in the like meaning that like she talks in the book about how like she I mean, thinks I, like pretty easily someone could break in through the door so sure. they um, break the windows and yeah so they so they decide then that they're going to move all this furniture her and ruby may and ida they move um, all this uh, furniture in front of the door so they, and, like, get weapons. And they're just, like, they they've cast ready. iron skillets. Yeah. Like, well, because these men are, like, I mean, they're very, they're, drunk. they're very obviously been drinking. And then they start and they making, start, like, jeers, yes. sexual well, jeers about because how they're going to get in there. And then there's going to be a real party. Yeah. Show them a party. So it's like they're, So, like, yeah, those women are arming themselves. They yeah. are like, arming well, themselves. Because also the reason why is because that they know that there's women, like, that they hear is because, um... Christy laughs at something they say. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And so they hear a woman's laughter, and that's when it's like... So, real smooth, Christy. Yeah. You know what? This <laughs> but is a, they end oh. up not... Hold on, so we need to finish this. Well, this is right, mine is related to what this this scene. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you were going to move on, and I was no, like, I I was like no, we on. can't. Odette's all dad-blamed in a hurry because I was <laughs> rushing her through the last summary, and now she won't let me say what I'm going to say. Oh, my God. Don't even start. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm teasing. Odette is fabulous. Um, so, the thing that I was going to say is one of the sadnesses of my life is that the scene in the book is... Not the same as the one in the movie. Because in the movie, Madeline, isn't this, or in the show, isn't this the scene where these men are literally like trying to break in and then Alice Henderson just walks up with her shotgun. Doesn't she have a, she's holding a shotgun and she's in a nightgown and she's just quoting scripture. She's pointing the shotgun at them. Is she pointing the shotgun at them? Uh Uh-huh. And she's like, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? And the guys are just like, Yea, though I walk- stronghold of my life, of whom, whom shall I be afraid? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's amazing. And then they all just like slink off. She literally the scares them off with her. She's just ripped her. And she's obviously oh. like a Quaker pacifist, and they know oh this. Oh my gosh! But oh. does she have a nightcap on with her nightgown? No, her hair's just flowing. yeah. It's just oh. it's like in a braid, like a loose braid. Oh, very nice. And it's just it's fabulous. She looks it's, like an angel. She does, and it's, it's amazing. It's such an it's amazing, so satisfying. It's, that does not happen. It does. Well, because also in the, in this series, Tom's actually still in the mission house, so the stakes are a little bit higher. Yes, that's right. In the in the whereas TV here series. he's not. Yeah, right. he's already. Um, okay, and anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. That that's great. I didn't. <laughs> as long as we can have the no, resolution no, no. that yes. we don't leave people Absolutely. hanging that they think no. they're still I, trapped in the Can we like house. find that and 
I don't know if we can do that. Can we like find, find it? That, that clip? story? Why not? I don't, I, don't, I don't see why not if it's on YouTube. <laughs> it is on YouTube. I want to do that now. That little clip. I they deserve to see it. It's fabulous. It's really, it sounds really fabulous. Yeah. We'll see if we can include that in our stories for you guys when we release it because honestly, it's so good. Oh my gosh. And they just run away scared then? Basically. Basically. I mean, they like run slinking off into the night. And then she, and then she opens the door, walks in, and then just like sinks down because she was terrified like the whole time. And then as soon as she's in the mission house, she just like sinks down. And they're like, Miss Alice, you're amazing. She's like, give me a drink of water. Like, she's so, like, is everyone okay? That's amazing. It's fabulous. Because she wasn't there either. Or she, no, she was there, but they didn't think that she would hear because mm-hmm. of, of where her yeah, house yeah, was yeah. In, in the book. In the book. But in the book, the reason why they they leave, because they're like kind of praying, especially. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Christy, and she, um, uh, it's it starts raining. And so then the, it's, it's like sheets of rain. So then the guys mm-hmm. kind of slink off into the night because they're like, this is too much. So mm-hmm. you do feel like it's an answer to prayer. Although I do think having Miss... Alice come with, with a shotgun is just epic. Cool. So I feel like, oh gosh, yeah, it's so flipping good. <laughs> <laughs> I just can like picture it in my head, yeah, and I perfect. feel like because I need to add to my to my watch list to watch all these. <laughs> you really do. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> um, like yeah, it's so yeah. good. Um, okay, so then so so that happens. There's a, there's some stuff in here where like Christy goes to Doctor McNeil. And, like, he basically, she finds out that he doesn't believe in God Mm -hmm. at this part. Like, right around here. And that, like, disturbs her to no end. Right. Because then she's like, oh, my gosh. And so then she goes to David, and she's like, David, did you know that Neil is an atheist? David's like, well... Yeah. I mean, we kind of all knew that, basically. Like, yeah. like why are you surprised? Well, then... But then she ends up having this discussion with David... Because then she's like, I had this conversation with him and he asked me, you know, Neil asked me what I believed and I couldn't give him a straight answer. Yes, it was so embarrassing. Right. And she's like, what can I say? I mean, what do you believe? And basically told her that he thought all of Jesus's miracles were just like metaphorical and that he didn't believe. And he thinks that <laughs> Lazarus was probably just in a coma. <laughs> and I was like, mm, that was probably hmm. not helpful at all. No, thank you for nothing, David. Also, <laughs> thank you for nothing, David. <laughs> also, like there was multiple times in this section where I think Doctor Neil McNeil the first time was like, hey, do you have a minute to talk alone? And he, like, talked to her. And then she, later on, was like, hey, can I talk to you about something? And they, like, go to the schoolhouse, and it's the two of them. David, you mean? Is that no. what you're saying? Or Neil? Neil. Don't, don't, don't. That's they where don't. they had their school, that schoolhouse oh. conversation. Is, yes. Is about this. Is and... like, well, why don't you tell me what you believe, Christine? Yeah, yeah that's simple. right. <clears throat> yeah, because she was like, because I, I think in the midst of all, because, the reason why is because he was over in the mission house talking to them at, at one point, kind of when Tom was there getting like fixed or whatever mm-hmm. um, before the intruders came and he was talking like a different perspective on the moonshiners and like the whole thing so Christy was like very confused by Conflicted. this because yeah because David's very like black and white this is wrong why are they doing this I'm going to end this and then um, uh, Dr. Neil McNeil is trying to like show them the mountaineer side of it and that and that's when Christy like asks him and is like hey uh, excuse me <laughs> I know. You know that was a. Re- that was, a it's a really great chapter when yeah, Neil fabulous. and Christy have that schoolroom discussion. Yeah. Every, like, honestly, every listen, listeners. Let me let me just listen, listeners. Listen, listen listeners. Listen up, listeners. <laughs> I just need to tell you that every every scene that Christy and Doctor McNeil just are having a conversation is so. It's just 
fraught with sexual tension. And Christy being confused by what she's feeling. She's like, oh, and the way he looks at her, the way she did, in, in the I, book, she always says, he gives me the same look that he always does. And she's like confused by what the look Christy, And we're like, girl, we're and not the readers are what not that confused. No one knows exactly what that look means. We know what it means. It is delightful. Every just, it's, it's perfect. Especially it's in so the second good. half. I feel like in yes. the first half, I well, was kind of like. Well, in the first half, there's not as many of those yeah. times. And you're just kind of waiting because honestly, I kept thinking as a first time reader. But in the second half, it's amped up. It, you know it is, I mean. but I was also like, I do know exactly what you mean, but I, um. <laughs> yes. Madeline's doing intense eyebrow raising. That is correct. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Well, but, but since we're in this vein, should we talk about what happens next? Well, I just wanted to say one quick thing, but then yes. Oh, I, sorry. I think, no, that, that's fine. I was just going to say, I think that I kept not forgetting about Dr. Neil McNeil, but I was like, am I missing the other male <laughs> interests at certain points? Because, like, you wouldn't hear about him for, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. four chapters. Yes. And then it would be her and David going off and having these conversations or hanging right. out or him being chivalrous or whatever. And so, anyways, but then, like, hot and heavy. Well, I mean, you know. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. <laughs> yeah, but basically, but basically, safe for I. We say that, but safe for all ages to read oh, hot and heavy. Oh, oh yeah. of course. <laughs> I like, just like like conversation and looks. <laughs> yes, listen, smoldering glances. Listen, we are giving away a, we are giving away a okay. lot of our personalities here. Yes, <laughs> because clearly, hot and heavy to us is just having an intellectual, intellectual theological conversations with a specific with, look that with shows a handsome interest. outdoor scottish man outdoorsy scottish man this is well, actually that would be hot and heavy let's be real <laughs> well but also any of we us can't want. forget about the looks that he always gives her because i'm not like... forgetting about the looks <laughs> <laughs> i remember i brought up the looks <laughs> at the conversation you think i've forgotten about them i've not I think about them every and day. She's always, yeah. Every day specifically. <laughs> okay. So what what Ooh, actually not what, what happens next? I I want to mention this briefly. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but what oh, happens next is so there's I know, but so there's the conversation with Dr. McNeil, and then she goes to David. And that's kind of not helpful. So then she goes to So then she goes to Miss Alice. Honest. Yes, that's right. And it is helpful. And her faith is bolstered. And so she has this moment where she she reads the word and realize, has this realization where it says, I don't know, something like she just like puts herself basically into the scripture and starts praying out the scripture as if it were her. All right, God, reveal yourself to Christy. Reveal yourself to, like praying it out like over herself, whatever. And she starts to get this feeling that won't shake that she needs to go to see Oval Macomb. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah. She starts like in response to this prayer and she, and I think it's like maybe even over like not right away. Like it could yeah. be a couple hours. It could even be a day, but like it just keeps like she cannot shake it. So finally she's like, okay, well I've been asking God to come to me. I've been asking him for this. Maybe this means something. So she goes to Opal McCone's house. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it turns out, it was, in fact, from God. She was supposed to go to Opal McCone's house. She gets there. Opal McCone says, how did you know that I needed you? Yes, exactly. Well, but she first get, gets there and runs into um, 
bird eye bird's eye tail. Yeah, the house right. is surrounded yes. by all of the other moonshiners who are out and to the get cronies. Tom. They're yes. waiting for Tom. They're to waiting home. for Tom. So they can kill him. Yes. And because so Opal and, Opal and her three children are basically kind of trapped in this house. They don't know where Tom is. And they it's like this really awful situation because the guys are all just kind of there. So Christy comes <laughs> Excuse me. And she's able to like get past them. Get past them and go talk to Opal. And basically, right, like, so there's this Opal's like, how did you know I needed you? And Christy kind of explained the whole thing to her. Like, she's God. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. God, like, God, God, told, me. God told me to come. And that, like, an Opal is like, God told you to come. Mm-hmm. And Christy, so Christy explains literally everything that happened. It's like, this is how she said, Well, what did it sound like when God told you? And Christy was like, It was just like a feeling, it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I felt it. And Opal, this is, I love this scene. Yes. Because Opal's faith is so you it's like you can see it mm-hmm. i picture like standing there is how i picture and honestly like i have <laughs> i have a couple of images in my mind that are very personal to me of when i when i saw with my own eyes someone's faith getting like what boom it like went to the next level mm-hmm. and that's what i imagine like if i was standing in that room with opal mccone it like something in her eyes it was like she just went to the next level. And so then she feels like God is telling her to go out and talk to these men. Well, because she said she says to Christy, like, if God talked to you and told you to come to me, then that means he knows what's happening in my life and he yeah. cares about it. Man. Yes. And maybe he'll talk to me too. Yeah. Yep. And I also kind of got, got the impression, not only that her faith, but that maybe she didn't even really fully believe in God, but because of that. I just don't think he was real. Yeah. Like, and he As in like, real yes, a hundred percent, but it wasn't like it by her. So it was like Christie's faith stirred Opal's faith. And then Opal is like, I'm going to go out there and talk to bird's eye. And I, I want to read, I want to read the quote here real yes. quick. This is Opal and Christie. Opal says, look at here. If God knows what's going on here and if he would tell you to come that away, don't you reckon he'd talk to me too? Do you reckon? Yes, Opal, absolutely, else he wouldn't have told me to come here. Then let's ask him to tell us what to do next, Opal urged. Will you ask him? So they stand there and they pray together, mm-hmm. just in that cabin with so much uncertainty and uncertainty and scariness happening all around them. They yeah. just stand there and pray and ask God what to do next. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. Um, well, I was just going to say that, that so she then gets this picture because she's known bird bird's eye forever they so, they yes, recorded yes. at one time before and then she Tom met Tom, she met Tom. Way, which mm-hmm. side note in in this part that's when um she 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 says she doesn't want to be um or doesn't want to imply a step husband and I guess that what they call oh. step husband or yeah. Yeah, that was, like was if thing. someone stepped out on their spouse and married somebody else, they called it the step yeah. husband. Yeah. yeah, that was like a <laughs> literal like, thing. It was like, yikes. <laughs> when really I heard that, I like literally was like, wait, what am I listening to? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> it was a random side note, but it like yeah. stuck in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Opal, so Opal gets this like feeling like she needs to go talk mm-hmm. to Bird's Eye and she feels like that's from the Lord. And so she kind of, proceeds to because Christy's like I don't are you sure I don't know if that's a good idea (laughs) and she's like no no listen you don't understand like we have history together Mm -hmm. she tells her about how they courted and about bird's eyes horrible father Mm -hmm. and uh this moment like she keeps remembering this moment with bird's eye and when they were out for a walk and bird's eye threw this rock at a 
at a, a doe and killed it mm-hmm. with the rock. With the ro- or shot a doe maybe. He or she shot a doe. Yeah, he shot a doe, it. but then crippled the fawn. And then crippled the fawn that was with it, and, and Opal was just fighting mad at him, and and he he was going to try to kill the the fawn too, and she was like, "Don't you dare kill that fawn!" And she was so mad at him, and she like watched him like bend down and reach over and 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 bant and like splint basically this fawn's leg and she she's like i can't get this christy it's like you said about how the lord you know Mm -hmm. told you to come to me Mm -hmm. and this feeling you couldn't get off your chest i can't stop thinking about bird's eye and this fawn i have to go to him and see if i can get him to go back to that place basically with Mm -hmm. me and 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 remember Mm -hmm. real men fix things they don't don't, break things and they don't shoot you know, and they're not murderers. And, um, and that he can be that man. I've yeah. seen him be that man before. And there's a, um, so there's like a really, it's like she, it's uh, honestly like it's really, really a beautiful kind of description of like, I think like women and what our giftings, like how we can use our giftings even in like simple ways. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. I think because she like fixes him this meal, he comes in, you know. She feeds him. She feeds all of the guys. Like, and there's nothing like weird about it. Like, she's genuinely, and she's trying really hard to make it, make sure it's not taken as weird. Misinterpreted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then like she flirty or anything. Yeah. She brings up the whole thing, um, with the fawn and all of this stuff. And I just want to say, you basically said it, but I want to, I want to read the quote. Oh, what yes, Opal yes, says yes, to Bird's Eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, cause she, you know, she says that whole thing, and she's like, like, do you remember this? You're, yeah. Do you remember this? Like, you did good that day. She said you were. You were a real man that day, yeah. she said. Yep. And then um, he says, um, you know, fixing animals' legs ain't no man's work. And she said, fixing anything is man's work, came Opal's firm answer. Tearing down or killing, that's easy. Any adult-pated fool can pull the trigger of a rifle gun or fling a rock. It's fixing that's hard. Takes a heap more doing. And it's just like this, like, and so Christy is standing there hearing this. And she's, like, really moved, just like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I picture this scene every time I read it like the Holy Spirit just resting mm-hmm. on yeah. on Opal, mm-hmm. on Bird's Eye, and on Christy, and on that whole situation, mm-hmm. and just working with people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is so beautiful. Because then he kind of, he just kind of sits there, mm-hmm. and then he's like, well, you know, thank you for the food, basically, and leaves. And then he and the men go they away. Leave. They, they leave. leave. They stop mm-hmm. there stakeout of their home mm-hmm. um and i man that's a really good i just got like chills talking about that like it's such a good scene and i feel like mm-hmm. opal is such an interesting character mm-hmm. in this because there's such that there's that horrific scene in the beginning of the of the book where she kills her own baby um and it's so hard for christy which we talked about in the in the first episode in part one where Christy, like, has such a heart, like, she can't get over that, and she's very mm-hmm. judgmental, and then she learns to love Opal, but still, that's, like, Opal is, is a person that she holds off on, mm-hmm. on really, truly loving, and it's because she can't get over the thing with that baby, mm-hmm. but this scene yeah. is a really big turning point for Christy, too, in seeing the strength of Opal's character and mm-hmm. seeing how God works through people mm-hmm. and it's just Absolutely. really really beautiful yeah for sure. mm-hmm. um so then so christy i think stays there for a little bit no she she Doesn't does she? overnight yeah, she yeah. and then tom tom comes yes and then they convince him they're like night. yes mm-hmm. they're like, hey listen the guys aren't here like you should uh go to the mission house 
um, is what they convince him. And so... But, go ahead. And, but he never makes it to yeah. the mission house because he is shot and killed he in the back. killed. Yeah. And they only find out about it because Christy goes to the... Um, back to the mission and also David is like up in arms because like she didn't tell anyone wh- where she was yes. going because she had found this like secret um like moss kind of hideaway that she loved that was like the w- very picturesque by the water and that was where she was kind of going to find space for herself and to talk to the Lord mm-hmm. and that's where she felt called to just so she just like went to Opal she was like right. no because she, she, so, she didn't hesitate she just yeah. Went. yeah she just went and so because she was so compelled so I think that um then David is like you know even out looking for you all night or whatever and she said well did tom make it and that's when they find out that he did not in fact he was shot Um, which is surprising and you're like well but i thought especially after that last scene it just kind of happens it feels a little bit defeating honestly yeah absolutely it does um so then like and basically this whole time like so everyone assumes then that it was bird's eye bird's eye because bird's eye was out to Bird's Eye was out to get him. Right. Like that was and Just Bird's, he left and house doesn't Bird's Eye. Shoot. Yeah. Right. Bird's Eye is a good shot. Yeah. He's known in the cove for being a good shot. And he was one shot in the back that yes. killed Tom. And so, um that's so that's, his name. That's kind of you the find out yes. that because he would shoot birds from far away in the eye. Yeah. Um so anyways, but um so yeah, so that's kind of the sense, but they're missing. So they're not nobody can find them. They're mm-hmm. hiding out in the woods. Um and then Oh, no, I don't remember what happened now. Oh, yes. Um, we got to talk about David and Christy. What's going on oh, in their world? Is that what's well, happening? Basically, I think it's like we have the funeral for Tom. Yes. It's very sad. Um, and then basically the next big thing that happens is David decides <laughs> that he's going oh. to propose propose yes Christy. here's in this kind of random way yeah. and they've never even yeah, like no had a conversation yeah, no. about like dating or liking each other or whatever or nope they've just done their work i mean he's definitely very kind i'm sure attend- there have been some glances let's be real people well, yes but there hasn't been any words spoken well, with the glances it's true but also well, this was preacher was- parson yeah so what what's he gonna say I don't know. <laughs> that her hair smells like roses? He does say the that. The Bible either. says. <laughs> he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> and multiply. We've been commanded to multiply and replenish the earth. Elizabeth. Sorry, Elizabeth. that's a quote from uh, Pride uh, and Prejudice. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways. Um, anyway, so, yes. Unprecedented. And it's just like he proposes. Mm-hmm. Can you read the proposal? Because I feel like it's... Um, Okay, let me. I'm right here. I'm just trying to see where it is because he's saying a lot of things. He I says, says basically, I need you. I've always needed you. I'm always going to need you, I'm Christy. Always gonna need you. Will you marry me? And she's, he's like, I don't expect an answer now. But it's coming from like this place of him just like being confused about oh, yeah, his yeah, calling yeah. It's ministry. Yes. It's come to me recently, Christy, how much I need you. I'm going to need you always. Do you know that? In the ministry, out of the ministry, no matter what I'm doing, I'll need you. I'm asking you to marry me, Christy, and this isn't any sudden impulse idea either. I stood in the road staring <laughs> at him, not knowing what to say, too astonished to say anything. In the silence, he leaned over and kissed me lightly, gently, but then he pulled me to him and kissed me harder, full on the mouth. (laughs) It's all right, Christy. Speech isn't necessary between you and me. (laughs) Anyway, I don't want you to give me an answer tonight because it might be no. Wow. And that's the the chapter break. Yikes. That's... 
I'm just going to go ahead and say something right now. <laughs> go ahead and say it. If any of you are out there and someone has recently proposed to you and it looked anything like this, where he didn't give you a chance to speak, maybe even when he unnecessarily kissed you full on the mouth, <laughs> harder full on the mouth. Or on the eyelids because David does that a lot too. Yes. Um, I just want you to know that probably... It's a no-go, probably, because this, I feel like this is, this is a problematic moment right here. David's proposal to Christy is a problematic and moment. And it's definitely an emotional reaction to the fact that, like... And even when he said, don't answer me because it might be no, it's like, uh, everything's wrong with this. So I just need you to, <laughs> I just, I just need you to know, if some guy's proposed you, proposed to you like this recently, just take a, take a minute, think about it, and if you feel like this was creepy in any way if someone proposes to you and you feel it's creepy say no i don't think it was creepy you don't think this was creepy he kissed her harder full on the mouth and is like shh, shh don't give me an answer yet it might be no i think so much of this is creepy well he goes he kisses her he doesn't give her a chance to say and then, he, diddly. And then he says it's okay speech is not wrong. Speech is it necessary. necessary between you and me? I thought it was weird, but I didn't think it was creepy. I thought it was creepy. I thought it was I creepy. Mean, I don't AF. think it. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's creepy necessarily. But I, I just think, think it's it, off the wall and weird and like unexpected. I think it's like okay, like why are you being that way? Also, this is. I'd that's, block that's if why. if some guy did this to me, I'd block him immediately. Block him on my phone. Ghost him. Okay, get hold out up. Hold, 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 hold up. But like, this isn't a random guy. This is someone that she's, like, been in ministry with. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not... I just don't think it's... But why... But, like, look what he said to her. To me, this shows such a level of disrespect. Oh, I'm not saying it's not... It's absolutely disrespectful. I don't think think it's creepy. creepy. I don't think it's creepy because of the context of their relationship and of the time frame in which it took place. What about all the eyelid kissing? Is that creepy? That's yes. later on. Okay. The eyelid kissing. But also, she just, likes kissing is, him later on. So it's very. Creepy. I wonder if she likes her eyelids kissed. Well, she, she never makes a comment on that. So she just like always. <laughs> she always specifies that that's something that like he does, which feels like her way of being like, "Is this normal?" <laughs> he always kisses my eyelids. I would say here's the thing. In this context, I wouldn't have been creeped out. I would just been like shell. I also honestly wouldn't have had words if I was Christy. Like, there's literally no way that I would even yeah, know because this there thing. was no precursor for this. Yes, because literally he's like talking That's about fair. his confusion around Tom, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, Christy, I realize I need you." Da da da. da. And like, when also they've never been on a date. They've never had a discussion about marriage. They've never even talked about their goals or anything. Like nothing. It's just like, "Hey, guess what, Christy? I need you, and also you sh- do you want to marry me?" But don't give me an answer now. Also, I feel like if you go into a girl thinking the answer might be no, check yourself. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> chances of me proposing to someone no. are slow or are low. Or but slow. I mean, slow. Slow. Are are slow. slow. <laughs> and low. So I don't know, but I could only imagine that would be yeah, a terrifying yeah. moment in general, let alone if you're like, well, I'm just going to tell her not to say anything because yeah. she might say. Words are not necessary. Words are not necessary between you and me. He's like, Ew, no. Except you did so much talking, David. So what are you talking about? Yikes. Clearly, okay. one of us has to say something. And okay. then, like, did they just, like, go their separate ways? And, like, that was that? That's yes. Yeah. Okay, so it even said, here's another quote that I found that I was like, yikes. Okay, so Christy says that she, like, thought all night, like, she was up all night 
thinking about it, like yes. figuring out what to do. She says, David's proposal had been so different from the imagined one. As we had walked back to the mission house, I had expected him to kiss me goodnight, but he had not. He had only given me an intense look, followed by the usual, have a good sleep, Christy. Then from the other side of the screen door, I had stood in the darkened hall watching his broad back disappear over the hill in the swirling mist. What was there in this man that I could not yet understand? The swirling mist and his broad shoulders and... What's not, what, also, like, the fact what can you not understand about that? <laughs> we all get it. We all get it. Have good. Do you say have good sleep? Have good sleep. Oh, sorry, have a good sleep. <laughs> that was. She said that was his usual though. That was his standard. Like have a good sleep. Have a good sleep. Something gonna tell a dog. But no. <laughs> <laughs> have good sleep. I was just or thinking about sometimes that's something that guys. To, so I found sometimes if guys get too clingy too quickly and like you you know you meet them online and they're like you haven't even met them but you've been texting and they'll be like. Have a good sleep. And or like morning, the good morning text. Good morning, good morning beautiful. beautiful. Listen, here's the here's the thing. First of all, you don't even know if, if I'm real. Second of all, let's talk about the fact <laughs> the if... The second of all, if in fact we would meet and we would date, you're very clingy if you're already texting me. Multi- have good sleep. And also, good morning, beautiful, every day at 5.30. He's morning. trying too hard. You're trying way too hard. Also, oh, yes. I don't need that kind of attention from an internet guy. <laughs> from an internet guy. <laughs> That's just too much. No, no. Um, okay, so then, so that happened. That was crazy. So then the next thing. The next thing happened that next? happens is her and Fairlight, which, like, I told the girls earlier that this part, I was like, I need to know What's more happening? about her thoughts on the proposal. Because other than that one section, she literally barely mentions it, and it's her, the next, like, whole chapter, two, one or two chapters, are her and Fairlight in the woods, and they're like talking about herbs and like, and it's really beautiful. But what I really want to know is, did you talk to Fairlight about the proposal, or are you just in your head about? Like, have you talked to anyone about it? Right. Christy. I know. It and does then there's seem a, like there's a really weird break, and there's a weird tangent about Neil McNeil's ancestry that Fairlight had written in this book. Oh yeah, there was. I have that written down for okay, a random rabbit but that's trail because, if we want to discuss because it later. That's, but also, isn't that after? Because isn't in the first part where um, Miss Alice tells Christy the whole story about his ancestors and how they got to the mountains in Tennessee? Well, in the first part of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she, like, it's like this book. Yeah, there's this, like, ancestry book that has been passed down from Fairlight's family for generations, and there's a bunch of Neil McNeil's ancestry in there. And I was like, why? But it's like, why are we talking about this? You mean, like, right now? (laughs) Yeah, like, in the book. No, in the book. And the guy's like, I'm wondering the same thing. Move it on, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Just seemed like an abrupt thing. Why are we talking about this? Well, that's what I thought when I was listening to the book. I was like, wait, what is going on? Because it was very confusing. Is this important to the story? Exactly. Like, it didn't feel like it was important. Um, and then there is a there is a weird moment. When does Birdseye get that letter to open? At the end of that chapter. The chapter oh, that we're okay. talking about. So. so at the end of the weird chapter with them frolicking through the woods and looking for herbs and finding the weird book with Neil McNeil's ancestry at, in yeah. it. At the end of that... Um, does she go to Opal or? No, she literally. No, she. They're walking down the mountain because they they yeah. climb up. They do some mountain climbing. They're coming down the mountain. Oh, that's right. And yes. they see they a see... man's shoulders over the boulder. And they know it's bird's eye though. Like yes. they, it's yeah. clearly bird's eye. Oh, that's right. And he gives he gives Opal. a note. He gives well the note to Christy oh, to yeah. give to Opal. So she delivers it, and basically the note 
But Opal can kind of read it, but can't, so she just asks um, Christy to read it. Yeah, because she's still learning how to read Mm -hmm. um, from Christy. And And the note says says that Birdseye did not shoot Tom. Mm -hmm. He said, I didn't kill him. Just so you know, I didn't kill him. Yes. (laughs) Or something like that, to that effect. Yeah. He said, Opal, I didn't kill Birdseye. No. Or I didn't kill kill Tom. (laughs) And then it said, Birdseye. (laughs) Or BT. Birdseye Taylor. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so okay so the next there's like the school like big end of the year school thing and it does all of that but oh, the next yeah. big thing that happens is that Alice Henderson in conversation okay that's this here we are so basically it's the end of school so Christy's gonna take a little break she's gonna have a little summer holiday at her parents house go she's see getting, her family getting ready to leave the cove but Miss Alice doesn't want her to leave without having some information about yeah. her cause she own feels life, yeah. she feels like Alice's own life yes right. She doesn't want her to have any illusions about Alice. As she comes back in for the second school year. (laughs) Right. Yes. Illusions of grandeur. Yes. Um, So she basically... Reveals. Yes. That Alice does. Miss Alice reveals that um, as a young girl, she was raised um, by a spiritual leader in her Quaker community. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And she... Had she got pregnant mm-hmm. from that um, had interaction? A girl. Mm-hmm. She had a daughter. Um, named I, her Margaret. Named mm-hmm. her Margaret. Yes. Um, one of the things that I did really like about this chapter is how she talked about how her parents mm-hmm. a immediately believed her. Yes. Like didn't even question. And then that other spiritual leader, mm-hmm. not the one that had raped her, but the other woman mm-hmm. who came and heard the whole story, also believed her because Alice was like, "I want to." This is my daughter. I, how, I want to raise her. This is her. my baby. The community yeah. Yeah, this of friends is my baby. basically protected, they protected Alice. From, yes. And they didn't send her away, nope. which was very common during that yes, time. Absolutely. Um, and also, like they her, supported her parents her. originally wanted her to give the baby up for adoption, but then it ended up being, they were like, no, you can keep it as yeah. your baby. So, And also, I loved how she said that her father went into a great rage after you know discovering what had happened to his daughter and she said he spent a great deal of money looking for this man yeah to try trying to locate this Mm -hmm. scoundrel Mm -hmm. um and i just thought yeah that really and then her parents clearly were close to um uh her daughter because they ended up like Mm -hmm. her dad actually adopted her daughter later on Mm -hmm. so yes yeah um but the big reveal which like yes Big reveal. Like, jaw-dropping. Jaw-dropping, like, oh my god, is that this woman, Margaret, grew up. Grew up. And married. Dr. Neil McNeil. But then died three years ago. Because you had found out that... (laughs) I thought you were going to pause after that for the big reveal. Dramatic effect. Married. She married Dr. Dr. Neil McNeil. (gasps) (gasps) And then died three years ago. Yes. <laughs> but also, I, I was sure that we didn't mention this um, earlier, but that, well, no, I, th- I think we did it in part one that Dr. Neil Mc- McNeil was married before, but his mm-hmm. wife had died. Right. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so it definitely was a huge um, revelation to Christmas. Revelation. And also just to you as a reader, I literally like couldn't. I just like yeah. Gasped. She sent us a voice memo. Yeah. Shortly after, Odessa <laughs> oh, sent us this voice memo shortly after she had just read this chapter, and I'm. It was just like forty five seconds of noise. Of Odette, like of Odette just like trying laughing. to like communicate and how get she words. was feeling. <laughs> it, it but honestly, words. I I knew exactly. I yes. empathized. 
I was Completely. like, what? I was like, what? <laughs> I, I just, to this, even in this moment, I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh, man. Um... So then there is there is a section after that where Chrissy goes and like speaks yes. in front of a group okay. of people. Yeah. So um, real quick snaps yeah. of that. So one of the letters that she had written um, back that we talked about in part one to businesses is she decided to write this guy. She actually knew him through her father, but she didn't lead with that. Um, that he was the number one businessman or the richest businessman in Knoxville. And so she had gone to him earlier in the book and basically told him this whole story about the mission and he sent her some money and some supplies and books and stuff Mm -hmm. and then he said he would talk and see if he could find other places for her to talk to people um in the area so she gets a letter when she's home that basically could she come talk to a women's group at a college um and him and his wife are gonna like put her up and so she yeah yeah, poster so she goes to this group and she's like Mm -hmm. nervous at first but she does like a good job talking um and also i should caveat this and say that in the meantime she still hasn't given David an answer about the proposal even though he proposed and he's acting a little bit like a child about it yes because every like he just keeps being kind of like like he's not necessarily saying anything but you can you just get the sense yeah um but you just get you just get they've been sent sent, sending letters too um but anyways um so um she meets this lady though, because why are we talking about all this? Um, well, she meets this lady because at that college, at the, the college, and she talks about how there's these things called folk schools in Denmark that are basically the concept of like allowing children to grow up, and when they get a little bit older, bringing them into a school that's basically a a, a, a converse, adult uh, learning, almost. adult learning, but it's not through books, it's through like stories and songs, and like it feels mm-hmm. very lyrical. And anyways, and so she's reading, so she actually. Sorry, that sound was the the fridge making more ice. Apologies. Oh. <laughs> they both just looked at my face like, should I be worried? Um, uh, yeah, so anyways, so, so she gets Christy's really inspired. Super yes. inspired. She's yes. super inspired. She and wants to take this back to the yes, cove. Yes. And the, the woman sends her the book. So then like when yeah. she gets back to the cove, she ends up like talking about yes. this nonstop. For yeah, weeks she's so excited it. about it. David's she's, like, oh, why do you have to hear more about this? Dr. McNeil's like, oh, this is fascinating. Hmm. You're like, hmm, interesting composition. <laughs> All right, the next big thing that happens is Ruby May gets married. Ruby, Ruby May gets, gets married. married. It's so She's fun. She's 15, by the way. She yes. gets married. She gets married to Will. What was what was his last name? Will? Ruby? It, was, it was one Ruby that we knew. May. No, Ruby May Beck. Beck? Oh, Will Beck. I, I thought that I'd, we'd heard his name before. Okay, no, anyways, we have it. So... He's also there's a lot that's going on, blah 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 blah. But the fun part of this little chapter, the the reason we wanted to talk about it, is not just the wedding, right? But it's like at the wedding, the interaction between Neil and Christy, Neil and Christy at the wedding reception. Yes, when there's dancing happening. Well, also he 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 has this conversation. Have you ever been to a mountain wedding? And she was Mm -hmm. like, no. And he was like, oh boy, you're in for a treat, basically. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, so they basically, I mean, they dance. They and dance, like, a lot of songs, a specific, lot of dancing. There's specific dances for, like, the bride and the groom, and it's, like, basically their equivalent of a ceremony. Well, it's, but it's after the actual ceremony. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, he talks to her about how it's, like, they view, okay, that was a ceremony, but this oh, right, is Right, 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 that's true, yeah. right. Um, but anyway, so there's just, like, lots of, like... It's flirty. It's, it's very, very flirty. flirty. It's the whole honestly, thing is flirty. You love it. It's fun. We love every second of it. It's actually pretty fun to read. 
Um, there's lots and of the whole time they're like she's doing square dancing, and he's such a good dancer, and she's Ugh. just like she's literally like in his arms. She just like gets lost, and she like I don't even like I don't have to worry. I trust him. Like she's just like very, and she's also like, what am I feeling? Like, she but she's like, like loses yes. her like she's like I need to sit she down for breath. a little bit. Like, she, like I'm out of breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you can't dance some more. That wasn't even that fast. <laughs> like, the whole thing. No, yeah. but she's, like, breathless because she's, like, well, yeah. Overcome. Well, but, but that's what he says oh, to okay. her in response to the breathless thing. It's very but then they It's dancing. very flirty. Well, um, and then he's, like, singing your songs, like, oh, yeah. about, about he's singing, like, love. He's singing. He's singing oh along gosh. with. It's it's honestly the most like that you've ever seen Dr. Yes. McNeil. So it's a super fun scene to read. He's, like, David is man David is literally sulking in the corner the whole time because people are drinking. And he's, like, so disapproving standing off the corner. Because he performed the ceremony, of course. And he's, like, sulking off in a Well, corner, also, there was something time. about set, something about that that he felt like, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. pastors couldn't dance. So that's why he was also in, in the crowd oh, dancing. Oh, well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, so, so that's the wedding that happens. basically But what then, happened. let's not keep things too light for too long. Okay. Because isn't this... The next thing, pretty much, right, is... The Fairlight Yeah, Fairlight. So basically, Fairlight... I mean, we don't have a ton of time here. But Fairlight gets typhoid. Yes. Okay. And that starts... An epidemic. An epidemic. A typhoid epidemic that... So this... The There's about 10 book, chapters. Yes, of the, the book has 46 chapters. Chapter Right about chapter 36 is when this happens, and the rest of the book, it is basically the is the epidemic. typhoid epidemic. Who catches it, how they're dealing with it, what to do. We get a lot of talk a lot about of carbolic talk. acid. And, and the smell. It's a disinfectant, people. Yeah. And so what you need to do, how typhoid is spread, how you can protect yourself, how you There's need to clean yourself. There's about diarrhea, about, not all diapers. I oh, mean, it's, it's all in there. A lot about diarrhea. Wait, obviously. we got to talk about one, one, one person, though, that's very relevant that gets typhoid. Okay, but, Wait, but first. Fer, versus Fairlight. Yes, right? versus yes. Fairlight. Yes. Fairlight, okay. Fairlight does pass away. And she fine. has a premonition, basically, that darkness is coming. And it's kind and of like, it's to tough die. to read, yes, and yes. she's not ready, and so that's really hard, and then she gets it and she does die. Christy sinks into a, a deep yes. depression. Because she's there and Fairlight dies in her arms. Yes. yes. Christy d- d- sinks into a deep depression. Yes. Deep, deep, yeah. Fairlight's death, uh, after Fairlight's death. It mm-hmm. takes a couple weeks before the pandemic, or before like an epidemic really breaks yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, well, and she goes to David to ask questions of like, what happens after death? Like, what right. does this all matter? And like, David doesn't really give her any answers. Yeah. In no. classic David, he's basically like, and it's too theological, I'm not going to give right. you an answer. Well, Alice tries to give her some help, but Alice just encourages her to go to the Word, to yes. read the book of Job. Yes. Um, yeah. To read the Psalms of David and to understand that she's not alone in this and she isn't the only one who's experienced this type mm-hmm. of grief before because yes. yeah. she just wants answers and she wants to know it's not the end right but then um more people end up getting typhoid right. it becomes an epidemic everyone gets typhoid um, like. the main the the main person here that gets typhoid to talk about before we end the book mm-hmm. before we just end the discussion is Lundy Taylor yes mm-hmm. Um, so and he's look, at the mission house, and they're taking yes, care of him at the mission house. At, like a boarding because his his dad is nowhere to be yes, found. So he's yes. staying at the mission as like a boarder. Yes. Um. So he gets typhoid. He's a terrible patient. Um, and he starts to recover from yes. typhoid, and in the recovery process, again, we're not medically. 
Dr. McNeil told us. Yes. That he, the he, fictional character Dr. McNeil told us. <laughs> told us. You can't certain, eat solid yeah, foods yes, it for has to be a certain number of days. days. Like 10 days after the fever is gone. Well, or else because you're, this lining of your intestines and thin. your su- stomach has thinned and weakened and you could puncture it and you don't want to do that. She well, remember how I said Lundy Taylor was a terrible patient? He is a terrible patient and he sneaks down to the kitchen. He eats two hard-boiled eggs and ruptures Ugh. his intestinal wall and dies. And dies. In the meantime, though, Bird's Eye had come to help. That's right. right. That's Bird's right. Eye had so showed, Bird's Eye showed he, up, and he, he was willing to. He heard willing. about Lenny yes. being sick. That's why he came right. to help. Yes. Right. And, and so he was doing all kind of helps, help. and they're like, you know, the the authorities are still looking for you. And he was like, no. So basically, he was like, yeah, but I'm here to help my son. So yeah. basically, like, and that's what, and he was like, you can work. turn me in. That's yes. fine. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm here to help my son. So it almost seems like okay, Bird's Eye has something's changed in Bird's Eye. Yes definitely turned yeah. something over so he's there helping his son he watches his son die which yeah. is hor- it's horrible um, and then it's revealed it's revealed basically he goes away for a couple days yeah or one day comes yeah. back they're like hey man you gotta help us prepare the yeah. body you need to build a casket you need yeah. to build a casket yeah. and basically he's like I have to tell you guys something um, Lundy killed Tomiko and of course everybody's immediately like that's convenient. Oh, yeah. Right. Blame it <laughs> yes. on your dead son. Blame it on your dead but son. But then Alice is like, oh, um, I can confirm because I saw Lundy at the mission house swapping yeah. around, and then I heard the gunshot. And then someone and else also said that they, I don't remember who it was, but they it said they saw Bob, s- Allen. Oh, yeah. Bob Allen. That's Bob right. Allen saw, saw Lundy Taylor, and, and he was like, I know it was And Bertha was like, Bob Allen would never say that. He would never help me by, by saying that. And Alice was like, maybe you've underestimated him. Because, because he said he's, it. He's the one who said he saw Lundy. So then that it, that kind of comment. So you find out that Birdseye really didn't kill Tomacone. It was Lundy. It was Lundy. Yeah. Um, and Opal's there at the house too helping. So she finds that out. So right. it's like a, a moment for her realizing yeah. that like Birdseye actually did. She actually did hear from yeah. Lord and it wasn't him. And so I feel like that that's like a very like. That's a redemption yeah. moment. Yeah. Yes. And there's yes. there's redemption in Birdseye's story. Because he you can yeah. tell he, he really does want to do the right thing. Yes. <laughs> he's trying very yes. hard. Yeah. And he's never tried hard to do the right thing before. No. So that's that's a never. big redemptive arc for him. Yeah. Uh, and after that, after that, Christy gets Christy typhoid. gets typhoid. And and also, I I should say that throughout this, both David and Doctor Neil McNeil are trying to get her to go home, and she like refuses. She's like, no, this is where I'm at. Like yeah. here, because apparently, young women are more prone to typhoid than yeah um uh other people. And so, anyways, she gets it. Yes, and so then there's gets a lot it. of chapters of like her kind of internal like not being sure what's happening, and then there's this chapter, this whole section where she basically is going towards light, and when she's going towards the light, she sees Fairlight, uh-huh. and Fairlight's two dead children who had, had passed. Yeah, so like yeah, she's so like she's catching in these like she's in these like yeah. non lucid kind of, yeah. kind mm-hmm. of going in and out, and she's you know going yes. towards uh, the heavenly place, and yes. she says she describes it as like. She was stopped by like an invisible barrier, and she was like, it was almost like her spirit had a decision to make. Like, was she going to continue on, or was she going to turn back? Yeah. And she wanted the joy. She just kept. She was mesmerized by the joy of the children and of Fairlight, and she kept saying, "But I do think that for her too, it was like that's what she wanted. She was when she was depressed about Fairlight. She wanted to know that Fairlight was okay, right? And that's so she sees her like playing with her children and planting flowers that grow. And and she's just like, and Fairlight looks luminescent in more ways than she had ever looked in her whole life. And I don't want to go back to the heaviness. I want to stay in the slightness. I want this joy. And she's calling out to Fairlight. This is what I thought was super interesting. She's calling out, and she 
says, but Fairlight didn't hear me. Right. And I thought that that was so interesting because it's like her, she's yeah. trying to call out to her, trying to call out and to her, then, but then she starts hearing somebody call her name. A man's voice. Listen, it's a, a li- voice. it's a little bit long, but I think we have time. Can I just read the last little part of the book? Oh my gosh, it's really, please really do. good. Please right? do. Please. It's so good. Okay. Buckle up, people. Right? This is so good. <laughs> I w- <laughs> and this is literally like this ends this out the, is book. the This is the final okay. pages of the book. I was heavy, so heavy. My eyelids were leaden. They would not open. The familiar voice, a man's voice, very soft. He was talking to me, calling me. Christy, Christy, you've got to come back to me. Christy, wherever you are, listen to me. Christy, I love you. Love you. Love you, Christy. Can you hear me? Down in your spirit, at the depth of you, do you hear what I'm saying to you? I love you. You cannot leave me without knowing this, Christy. And then the tone of the words changed. God, I have fought against you because I have not understood. Not only fought God, but cursed you. I did not understand why you let Margaret die and our son. I did not understand anything about you. I still don't understand anything, except that somehow I know you are love. And that in my heart has been born so great a love for Christy as I did not know could exist on this earth. You, God, must be responsible. You must have put it there. So what do I do with it now? The voice broke. The bedclothes muffled a man's sobs. I wanted to comfort the man in some way. I tried to lift my hand, but it was too heavy. Still, my eyelids would not open. The voice was hoarse with emotion. Lord God Almighty, Lord God of heaven and of earth, I have been stiff-necked and proud, arrogant and stupid. I am not worthy of, of anything, least of all to ask any favors of you. The voice paused. The room was very quiet. I could hear the sharp intake of the man's breath. Lord God, you are the creator. I am the created. I am helpless, as helpless as all other men. As a doctor, I thought I knew something. Now there is nothing more that I can do for Christy, nothing at all. So I offer back to you this love you gave. It's all I have to give you, God. Here are our lives, hers and mine. I hold them out to you. Do with us as you please. The voice fell silent. So this was the voice that had called me back. Dr. McNeil's. He needed me. He loved me. He loved me like that. There was a warm glow in the room. Warmth came into me, starting at the top of my head and flowing steadily downward into my brain, into my face. My eyelids fluttered open. Familiar objects in the room came into focus. He was still there beside my bed. His head sunk on the covers, one hand stretched out with the bowl of that old pipe of his clutched in it. But the stem of the pipe was broken. It had fallen from his hand and lay on the rumpled covers of the bed. And still the strength and the warmth flowed into my chest along my arms. I could move my fingers now. I felt across the counterpane until my hand reached his, the big hand with the blonde red hairs on top. My fingers closed over his hand and gripped it. His head came up. Christy, the joy of the children was in his voice. That's the children that she was seeing with yes. Caroline in heaven. Oh, and that—that's it. That—that's how the book. So ends. that's how the book ends. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So obviously, <laughs> she chooses Neil McNeil. Well, I mean, well, I mean, yes, yeah. It's we implied. Know. It's very much implied. We know it. We know it in our. Hearts. We know it in our well, the depth of our spirit. The depths it's, of our spirit, as Neil would say. Oh, okay. So that was the that was Christy. Let's. I'm just like. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to move on. I want to bask in it. Okay. So Ooh. let's move on to part three, which are oh my random rabbit trails. Morgan's random rabbit trails. I really. It feels really weird to do all of that after this. I think I'm gonna need a minute. Well, do you guys want to do like, the God factor? Do we want to do our highlights? And yes. Let's do highlights and, highlights, and then we can circle back. That's good. Um, who? Um, so my highlights for this. 
last obviously part, obvi- the obviously the dancing. Oh, the, 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 the all of the McNeil Christie scenes, of course. Like that that scene's great, and then the flirting scene. But I really loved the Miss Alice's backstory chapter, just because I think it revealed a lot. And um, yeah, I mean that's we kind of talked about it, but I did love it. I know I'm still just like, oh my gosh, I feel like. I feel like it would take five minutes. That's literally, that's literally though, wow. when I read, I'll say this, um, when I heard that, till I literally finished the book, I told them at like 5.55 today. Yeah, and like I literally, 30 minutes before we arrived to right. record this. <laughs> hey, listen, got it in. But I literally kept rewinding it 30, like 30 seconds and be like, no, okay, this isn't. And then it'd be like, thank you for listening to And I was like... No, nope. no, nope. they're asking something else. And then I went to the book because I was like, maybe there's no way they skipped some. Yeah, and then that's how it like it just ends, and you yes. want more, but you're also like, but there's so much redemption mm-hmm. in that last chapter because also I think that there's something to be said. Like we we didn't really touch on this, but the whole David situation, how like it's basically David's like I'm not doing good here, and so he decides. Yeah. He's like up in the sh- up in the air about whether or not he wants to be a minister. Still, yes, he kind of wants to right. go home and he wants to do all this, and so he's kind of all, um, all over the place. And it's basically revealed that Miss Alice basically tells him that like until he learns to love himself and like love God, mm-hmm. he can't love anyone else. Yeah. And so Christie's right. now confused because she's also like, well, he's never actually said that he loved me, but he asked me to marry him, and like he doesn't say that. He just like they like hang out and he'll mm-hmm. like kiss her. When they're alone. And so, like, it's the kind of... Especially the eyelid kissing. Like, I kid you not, it happens every time with this. So, um, when when they're together. <laughs> She's not exaggerating. Yeah. No. And it's, so, like, when you're reading it, too, you think it's David at first. Who's the until he says Until him. he says Margaret. And then you're yes. like, wait. And I... It's literally like, wait, what? This is so exciting because like you could tell Christy while she felt things for David, she kept having to convince herself throughout the book. I think I love him. I think I love him. That must be love. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like with Neil McNeil, she would literally have like a physical reaction to him. And then she'd always be like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) What is this feeling? That's just um, I hope he didn't think anything when, when he rescued me the one day on his <gasps> we horse. We never and... talked about that. What? Okay, I got my highlight. Yeah, oh, go, for okay. it. go for it. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it's not a highlight, but it's something that I wanted to mention. Okay, um, do it. It's this moment where, like, right, it's before the typhoid. It's, he, it's when Neil is taking Christy home from, I think, Fairlight. No, I don't think it's from Fairlight. I think it's from like helping it. No, Ruby May. Yes. Because Ruby May oh, gets Ruby May gets yes, sick. That's and right. And Allison yes. and Christy are there all night yeah. with onion poultices. Oh, that's right. Putting uh, onion, poultices onion poultices on poultices. Ruby May. What is an onion poultice for those of us who don't know? I, well, there's Honestly, like a it's it's just it's just onions it's just fried up cooked, really hot, like cooked, cooked onions. Down. Because onions will draw out impurities. So that's like a homeopathic thing. Um, I know some people, and you do too, who sometimes when they're sick, they'll put onions in their socks. And the onions like draw out impurities, right? Don't cook those after you. Don't cook those. But anyway, so the idea (laughs) is like there's the hot, like steaming onions draws out the impurities. Yeah. Right? So they were making... I, that's what I'm assuming. So they were yes. making onions. And it worked. Purchases. And also, I'm sure the smell is overpowering and making, makes you vomit, which... It made Ruby May vomit. It made her vomit. That was a good thing. She, she needed to. Yes. 
Um, anyways, <laughs> she and Alice are there all night. Um, finally, Dr. McNeil shows up, and he's like, hey, good work, ladies. Well um, done. Well done. Because she, because we Chrissy, can I take you home? <laughs> is basically how it goes down. I mean, back to the though. mission house. He doesn't say, "Chrissy, can I take you home?" Oh, <laughs> well, being silly. Anyways, you there? Let's be a little silly. Got it. But <laughs> well, she goes to get on her horse. She had a smell. You know, you know that girl smelled like onions. Oh, she's stanky. Oof. Like you don't care. Up for. You don't care. Also, but... he he like he's been running all over the mountains and like that's true. Yeah, he, he probably, probably doesn't smell good either. either. There's no deodorant. Um, there's not a lot of bathing too. No, it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, the they they water, probably so... bathed more than oh, yeah. than most people, but still. Um, than most of the mountain people, anyways. Yeah. Um, so she goes to get on her horse. She, like, can't get on it because she's so tired and weak. He's like, you're riding with me. She gets onto the back of oh, his yeah, horse. He pulls right. her up onto the back of his horse. Oof, probably one-armed. Yes. Ugh. With his, his corded forearms. <laughs> <laughs> pulls her up. Pops her right back there. Anyways. Pull on to me, Christy. <laughs> he does go. say that. And then they, they ride back to the mission house. Anyways, he's like, explain when he gets back to the mission house, he's like, here's what you need to do. You need to oh, wash yes. your hair. You need to uh, boil your clothes. Uh, you know, he's like giving her instructions because she's been exposed to typhoid. And in this, it, in this like moment of, I don't she know. She feels so safe. She says she wants, doesn't ever want the ride to end. Yes. And, and then she, she just, just leans over. And plants a kiss on his cheek. Yes, that's right. And then she slips off the saddle and runs inside before he can say anything to her. And then, and then when she's thinking about it later on, she's like, I hope he didn't think anything about it. <laughs> I hope he didn't take that the wrong way. That was just uh, the same He you. did because he gives her this like like searing gaze the oh. next time he sees her and, and she's like each other silently and don't and, say anything and she's like oh i hope he didn't take that the wrong way but like also she talks all the time at this at this juncture of the book basically <laughs> from the searing gaze the, the dancing at the wedding onward there she always talks about this look that he gives her <laughs> that oh. she like Oh my gosh, I have no idea what Odette's about to say. <laughs> it's because she's always like, I don't know what it means. She always says it to herself. Uh, I don't know what this look means, but he always gives it to me. <laughs> and we're like, we know what it means. We it's know Christy. It means. It's just All right. funny. Anyways, that's delightful. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. So, highlights. well, that was one of my highlights. Okay. It was okay. delightful. <clears throat> oh yeah, so I said mine was, I don't need to go into it because we talked about it, but I really did like get a lot out of Miss Alice's backstory. Like the way it was told, the cadence of the story, it gave depth to Miss Alice, it gave perspective on the Margaret situation. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I mean, uh, hard because it's tough subject matter, but it was really a good, solid, like, yes, story, good element to the story. Highlight for me was definitely the development of the Neil McNeil. Yes, girl. And Christy romance. I feel like you're kind of in in the beginning. I was definitely Team David, and I was, as I mentioned last time, I was like kind of annoyed by Dr. Neil McNeil. But as you kind of see David develop, I feel like that one of the low points was kind of the way that David treated Christy because there was a part of it where it felt kind of selfish on his part, and like he wouldn't even like. She'd be like, well, David, we need to, like, I, you've never even told me that you love me. And he'll be like, no, it's fine. Like, we don't need you, like, we don't need to say that. You know, so. We don't need to say that. We just need to make out in the barn. 
Yeah, or in my bunkhouse. Um, <laughs> oh! Um, and so, Yikes. and like, I also realized he was going through his own journey yeah. and his own discovery and realizing that like he truly needed to figure out who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think because of that, I didn't really feel like there was, so another like low point for me was like, you didn't really, it didn't really end with David. It just like was implied because yeah. like when she was in her feverish state before Dr. Neil McNeil brought her back from dying, um, she, she heard her, her David really happy and he hadn't been happy and basically like, I've decided to stay. I'm going to figure out this God thing, figure out who I am. Cause he was having a crisis of faith is what mm-hmm. he was having. Yeah. And he, the reason why he was a pastor was because his mother always wanted one of her sons to be a pastor and his two yeah. older brothers were in business. So he be, <laughs> became a pastor. So it wasn't even like his own desire. So you figure all this stuff out and sometimes David would just like not talk to her. And so I struggled with that. And it wasn't, like, in contrast, but you kind of see Dr. Neil McNeil and you see this, like, journey of his own healing and then this moment where he prays and he was an atheist and he didn't believe in God because you find out that Mm -hmm. he really turned his back on God after he prayed for his first wife and she didn't live and he, she was also pregnant with his son had the baby premature and the baby died and so did his wife die kind of all at, at the same time and so I think that the highlight too is like you see so many things kind of finish well and then yeah and then just like I that's it I know it, it is it's literally I, the most abrupt ending to a book I that I, I like wish there was like a little prologue or reading, prologue. when I was reading through the uh, reviews to find some fun ones to share that was like overall like good reviews bad reviews everyone had something to say about the ending yeah. they yeah. loved it they hated it they wanted everything more. in between yeah anyways so yeah. that was my uh, highlight and low light my low point where I literally have here so much typhoid discussion because boy, but there it was, was also a lot like of very detailed about like like even like like because even do you remember the how adult diapers that Lundy was wearing. Yeah, I didn't. I never wanted that visual in my head. Also, can we ta- can we talk about how like when it's talking about mountains or like the beautiful sky or like you want or like yes. the smells of things or like the feel of linen or something you know but when it's about typhoid you're like back down the descriptors right. Catherine right listen here's Catherine. the thing is she's still a good writer yeah when she's describing typhoid so yeah. it's a little much <laughs> and also like she describes the smell of typhoid in a way that yes. you're just like oh my gosh I know that was yes. crazy like, and that made that. me think Okay, so obviously, surely this, this part, this, this has, has to be, be real. real. Because how, unless Catherine Marshall herself had lived through a typhoid epidemic, otherwise she well, had she talked really good to Lenore. I think she talked to her mom, and her mom was like, this is what it smelled like. And her mom just told her the you stuff, think, and Catherine was like, Do you think like, that the part that's real, it. too, is that her mom almost died of typhoid? That I don't know. And see, the other part that I have as a negative is the very abrupt ending, obviously. But what I was thinking about was that I feel like this section of the story, because this is based on a true story. Um, however, I think that this, the, the abrupt ending and kind of all of the way that's wrapped up is very much fictionalized because it feels like what Catherine Marshall is doing here is trying to tie, tie up a story. That's what it feels like. You know what I mean? She she needs. She's decided that Neil McNeil is gonna be the guy who gets the girl. She's decided that he obviously he has to come he to has the Lord. to come to the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. And then the dramaticness of Christy being so near death is what's gonna persuade Neil over. So I actually, I mean, Leonore might have had typhoid. I would tend to think she didn't though mm-hmm. because 
I feel like this entire last like couple of chapters with Christy being sick is all about tying it up, wrapping up yeah. those loose ends, boom, mm-hmm. putting the bow on the ending of the story. With a nice little bow. That's what I think, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so... God moment. Should I... Were we doing rabbit trails, or are we doing that at the end? Let's do that at the at end. At the end, so okay. We'll, so we'll do God moments. So, oh, did you do your... You did your highlight. Did you do your low point? Uh, no, my low point is um, Fairlight's death. Uh, That's oh, my that was point. tough. And also, I think it it hit me in a different way than before because I'm a mama now. Mm -hmm. So that was really painful. Because Christy was, like, kind of describing her youngest son, who is probably, like, two or three, Mm -hmm. um, just crying out for his mother and crying himself to sleep because he doesn't understand understand. what's happened. And that was just heartbreaking to me because I have a (laughs) two-year-old. So... It was really difficult to read. I also thought she wasn't going to die. Yeah. You, it, it, it feels kind of unexpected. And then all of a sudden she like literally dies she in just Christy's dies. arms. Yeah. She just dies. Yeah. So, and then Christy just so sits there with her kids around her oh. and Fairlight and then Dr. Neil. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> I don't ever want to Because Dr. Imagine. Neil McNeil comes in at that point. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. She's like, I don't know how long we sat there. Oh, and then he at like some takes. Point, Dr. McNeil comes in. And then in. he like takes oh. Fairlight and puts her in the bed and then he like, you know she goes outside but like it's just yeah because I honestly thought it was going to be this moment where like but she's the one who does it die do you know what I'm saying there was some other twos other deaths too that were like wow this you know like Lundy's didn't really affect me that that way that much but like (laughs) right but like but also it was so like interesting like how purposeful that was in in Christy's own personal story too. Absolutely, yeah. Because she like we didn't really talk about that very much. Well, let's we'll talk about it in our. Do, do you want me to do my God? Yeah, I'll yeah, do it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'll do it right now, as a segue. Um, because basically, after Fairlight dies, we talked about that. She's Christy's really depressed. Obviously, Fairlight was like became, had become one of her best friends, um, and she basically she seeks counsel in David. She seeks counsel in Alice, and doesn't really get what she wants from either of them. Yeah. Alice encourages her to read scripture, at least. David doesn't even do that. <laughs> um, but she ends up going to that special place that she mm-hmm. and um, Fairlight had found together. Like, every morning, like, she talks about setting her alarm early in the morning, and she goes, and, and she basically just, like, has... She just, like, meets with God. And, like, morning by morning, like, he takes her to a place of peace. Like, yeah. it's a journey for her to find peace and no she doesn't understand why Fairlight died mm-hmm. like it doesn't change the fact that she doesn't understand and she doesn't maybe and she still doesn't understand what happens mm-hmm. when you die mm-hmm. she doesn't necessarily get answers but like God takes her to this place of peace mm-hmm. and because of that it's like her doubts about who he is and his sovereignty mm-hmm. like those things fall away because they can't like the peace and the doubt like they don't they can't coexist together yeah. like in that space like that he's showing her and I thought that was really beautiful and I think that's really that's my one of my God moment because mm-hmm. like isn't that what we all have to do mm-hmm. like Absolutely. when horrible yeah. things happen in our lives and even non-horrible things but yeah. especially hard when things, horrible yeah. hard things happen in our lives it's like we okay either you either you like just you doubt and then you you you're you cope with it mm-hmm. or or you seek the lord and he's he takes you to a place of like peace and he brings you to a place of healing um mm-hmm. and i just thought that was beautiful like 
watching her heal. Even like, and healing doesn't always, and healing doesn't mean like you have the answers. Mm-hmm. Healing doesn't right. mean, yeah. healing doesn't mean, doesn't Everything negate what's been broken. Yeah. Yeah. Healing doesn't mean you have the answers. Yeah. Healing doesn't mean you're happy all the time. Yeah. But you're healed. So mm-hmm. it's like, you can move forward yeah. <laughs> at yeah. least, yeah. you know? And I just, that's beautiful. Well, and I think too that you can hold two things. Like you can hold the grief of what you lost and the happiness for what could be to come, like yep. one in each hand. And that's the complexity of it, that with mm-hmm. God, you can still find hope even in the darkest yeah. nights. Because I, I, I do think that throughout that, that kind of section, as a reader, it was kind of hard because you're like, this is Christy, though. Like, she's the one who's like, who solves problems and finds things and does things, yeah. you know? And it was like this point where it was like, that was her breaking point of like, but God, you're not even real. Like, how could you let fair like, you know, and all the faith that you felt like she had worked through and worked out was like, it felt like she was just giving up on all of it. And it even talks about how, like, she didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, you know, and all yeah. this stuff. And and so, and then knowing then that the next thing that happens after she finds faith again and trusts God again is that then she goes through this really terrible endemic where all of a sudden they have to do all this, like, really hard labor. She wasn't a nurse. She didn't, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And so, like, I think that that was an incredible kind of moment and or, like hit history i i think too for me the god moment was truly watching her also love people because i feel like this was the part where like you really start to see that she like before Fairlight died is she really started to see people for who they were and accept them for who they were and i do think that there was a part of it that it was also like the more she got to know neil mcneil i think the more that she i, can, I don't know why i can't just call him neil but it's because it, no one can. Neil McNeil. It's Dr. Neil McNeil. Like, that's yes. we all say that. Um, I think that I, I wonder if it was part of his influence on her because David was very black and white. And so when she was around David, it was like, well, this is right and this is wrong. Whereas Dr. Neil McNeil saw the complexities of things yeah. in a different way because of his history. And so I think that there was this part of it that, like, as she got to know him more and realized that, like, just like she had judged him. Yeah. For so like oh well you're this way you're also an atheist da 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 then she turned you know began yeah. to see other sides of him and feel and also I think she got to experience the mountain life and like because even like in this section she like had this really incredible um, end of year kind of thing the longest school year ever and like the the one little girl um, who who who, who didn't, Mount, Mountie, yeah, didn't yes. speak at all like ended up speaking and so you really see that like what Christy was doing was making an impact and she really was like, this is where I belong. This is what it is. And so to watch that kind of progression. And then even the fact that she was like, she grew up like well off and she had never experienced this kind of like, you know, and then she like helps all these people for typhoid and like it was out of a place of love. Even Lundy, who was like very unlovable (laughs) and you know, and so I think that it, to me, that was such a picture of like what it looks like to walk out your faith and like yeah. to wrestle with the parts that you don't understand, but then rely on the wisdom of others and God to walk you through the hard things. Because yeah. I think you said it. I can't remember. I think you said it on the last episode, Madeline, about the idea of like we can't choose what we mm-hmm. walk, walk walk through in life, but we can choose our reaction. And sometimes things will knock us down. Yeah. But the idea of like getting back up and relying on other people who stories or friends or whatever and stories in the bible who can help you understand that you're not alone because i think when she was starting to read the psalms that she realized oh david would sit on his couch and cry all night or didn't want to get up in the morning or job cried out god why did you do this to me and that kind of thing is like the part of like working out your faith that was just so 
Like, it, it was so beautiful in this book, even though it was hard at times to read because you're also reminded of times that you felt that way. Right. And when, you know, it was hard for you. So yeah. I feel like that that was really the God moment for me. That's awesome. Um, so... Do you have a God moment? I, I do, oh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I thought she was uh, going to jump to her... No. Her, her so, rabbit, trails. rabbit trails. No. <laughs> Go for um, the rabbit trail? <laughs> for the rabbit trails? I do have a God moment. Um, I... That would be appropriate. <laughs> so, actually, what I wrote down is different than what I want to say. I was reminded while you guys were talking, my God moment is, um... It's actually for the whole book, because I think technically it might have happened in the first part. But I'd forgotten about it, and I was trying to remember, because I didn't write it down when it made me happen. But I texted you mm-hmm. you guys, I think, um, about that a part in this book made me cry that it's never made yes. me cry before. And it was because God, like, spoke to me, like, very personally about stuff that is going on in my own life. Wow. Um, with this, And again, I've read this book so many times, but I've never, this part has literally never phased me ever. But for some reason, well, actually, I very, I know exactly the reason. <laughs> so it was um, Polly Teague, which he didn't even talk about the character of Polly Teague. So oh, she, yeah. it was the oldest woman in the cove. That was her distinction. I believe she was 97. I think she was 92. Oh, okay. Anyways. So. Regardless, it, she was in her 90s. Still yes. pretty old. She old. was kicking it. <laughs> and she. Um, was dying. And so uh, she, you know, David and Christy like went over and talked to her and all the stuff and she knew it was her time and she was dying and she was talking with them about, and David was having a hard time because he was kind of like trying to give theological stuff and she's like, I just want to know if I'm going to be with Jesus and if I'm going to be with my husband when I pass away. Like that's like, Mm -hmm. that's all I really care about. Um, so anyway, so she told this story. This woman, first of all, had 18 children. And her last child, her 18th child she had when she was 50. So that was crazy. But so she was so talking. She was pregnant longer than she wasn't pregnant in her life then. She probably got married when she was like 15. Yeah, probably. started having babies. 35 years. So she, so she was saying um, when she was in her 30s. And she was said, you know, there was just children everywhere. She's like, I've always had kids at that time in my life. Well, of course and you so, children. Well, yeah, but so so she was saying that um, she got she was getting sick, like it was like dizzy spells or like uh, something. It was it was something, and so she like finally talked to her husband and was like, hey. This is kind of a big deal. I think I probably should see someone about it, basically, because that kept happening. And they went to a doctor. I think they went to a doctor. And the doctor was like, you need to, like, when this happens, you need to, like, rest. Rest. Like, take a day. Take a few days and rest and then go back. And she was like, that's hilarious. Who's going to feed all these kids? Like, I can't do that. Probably a dozen kids at that point. And so right. she, there's this, she talks about, man, I really wish I'd written it down. I was probably in the car or something when it happened. Because I literally, I was driving the car and I heard this and tears just started streaming down my face. I was driving my kids somewhere. Who knows? Um, so she talks about how she, there was one, that, like they were getting worse and worse and worse. And she thought, well, this is the end. I'm going to die, basically. And so she like went somewhere like under this tree and just laid down on the ground. And she said, like God spoke to her and just was like, like, let me be, refresh you. Let me fill you up. 
pretty much. Like that was that was what I gleaned from it. Mm-hmm. Is God spoke to her in that moment. She thought she was gonna die. Her body, her physical body was doing something crazy. She at this point probably had at least ten children. She's like in her mid-30s. She had at least ten children and and a husband. And she was doing all of the house stuff for everyone and didn't feel like she had an option. And God met her in this place where she thought she was going to die. She just laid out under a tree and she felt the presence of God fall on her and was like, I let me be your strength. Let me be that for you. Mm-hmm. And she said in, and she was telling, I don't remember if she was telling David or Christy or ever, but she said in that moment, I realized it was real. She said, God had never been real to me before. It was, you know, I went to church, I was a Christian, whatever, I read the Bible, I did all of those things, or I'd heard about whatever. She's like, I did all of those things. I knew it, but it was never real to me until that moment. And then she said, from that day on, whenever I got overwhelmed, I went, she would go to that tree, and she said, I'd kneel down and I would meet God there. Mm -hmm. And he would fill me up, and then I would turn back around and go back to my house and take care of my kids and take care of my husband and do what I had to do. And it was just so, Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to cry even just talking about it. Like, it was so beautiful to me, the simplicity of that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, how like God Mm -hmm. to meet someone right where they're at, but it doesn't have to be, like, it's so simple, but that meant everything to her. She was ready to die. She didn't think she had anything else. Like, that was it. She ended up having to eat more kids. And, and, yeah, like and she lived into her 90s. That was that was the first third of her life. She had 60 more years to live. Right. Yeah. And God, like, he just met her in that quiet moment mm-hmm. and then became so real that she was able to go to him and let him be her strength mm-hmm. for the rest of her life. That's awesome. Yeah. And I just thought that that was the that was the coolest thing to me. Like I said, tears were just like streaming down my face because mm-hmm. I was like, "Yes, Father!" Like so in those good. moments, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it spoke to me because it's like right in the middle. I have a two year old and a one year old, and yes. I'm at home with them all the You're time. So, 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 so some days I'm <laughs> like, Where, "Where's my tree? <laughs> Where's my tree?" But like that's so because mm-hmm. it can feel so silly to feel that way you know sometimes it's like i don't really have problems not really you know like i mm-hmm. but also our problems are important to god right absolutely you know and i i just thought that that was so mm-hmm. cool so that was yeah. my honestly that was my god moment for the book that was what spoke mm-hmm. to me because it spoke to me right where i am now yeah and that was really cool and i've never ever picked that up in any of my readings before of the book, except for this time. So that was my God moment. Well, and I think it's interesting too, because I think that's also the difference between reading the book as an adult and for Mm -hmm. you guys as moms versus reading it as a child. What you glean from it is, is so different. I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? Also, excuse the train sound. behind. I literally, my apartment's literally right next to train tracks. Um, But I also think that's the mark of a good, like good literature yeah. too. Oh, one hundred percent. You can glean different things. You can things. read it like different. Like I could read this book twenty years from now and get something totally different because it's well written and it speaks to different aspects of life, and you can get different things out of it depending on where you are. And I think that's so, that's a mark you can of a, a well written book at different points. You yeah, know absolutely. What I'm like yeah. you can absolutely be like, oh, I I'm Christy in depression. I'm Christy in this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that's the part where it's like the the beauty of the story is that we all or we can be David or we. Can can be Dr. Neil McNeil who doesn't even believe in God anymore. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, 
Um, we can be Miss Alice who, you know, is <laughs> strong and brave and, you know, so I just think it's like a beautiful story. That's yeah. this like wonderful tapestry of humanity and faith all kind of yes. wrapped into yes. one. And one final just note for me, this like something that, and Morgan, you, the, you made, you reminded me of this cause I wanted to mention this. Um, <clears throat> just in that story of Polyteague, uh, is this like revelatory nature of God Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. that that is something I think that modern Christians I have a hard time with sometimes um, because it it can be odd and new and weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and God speaks to us he reveals himself in a lot of different ways Um, Mm -hmm. and scripture is is definitely a primary way that he reveals himself but I think like putting yourself into this like situation where Mm -hmm. people who didn't have access to scripture mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. like right. Polly Teague who was based on a, a real woman and a real woman that Leonora probably knew mm-hmm. and, and had encountered who didn't know how to read mm-hmm. there was no church in her town there was right. no preacher parson coming to yeah. she said they would go to the meetings go, when, he came like, around, when he came around That's but that was a couple times a year maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so God revealed himself to mm-hmm. her in the way that she needed it and mm-hmm. in the way that she could understand. And mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I mm-hmm. think that like like that's something that we like need to remember. Like yeah. this is who God is and God he is. will always find a way to like even when we're stubborn, even yeah. when we're rebellious, mm-hmm. like he will find a way to reveal himself and make himself known in our lives whether we like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing and I love cuz there's a lot of that in this book. Mm-hmm. People, yes. people can't read the Bible. People don't have access to, like, a church or, you know, yeah. like, God reveals himself mm-hmm. and makes himself known. And it's such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Just, beautiful. like, yeah. people finding God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. It's amazing. Mm. So good. I, I'm not going to share my rabbit trail because... I don't think it's relevant, and I would rather end on this nice, cushy note, personally. <laughs> like, I feel like it would change the tone of what we have going. So I'm... I'm I do want to share one thing that is um, that the book is so well-known. Like, I don't know that we mentioned this, because I think so many people have been moved by it. And I think mm-hmm. that you mentioned when we originally chose this book for the nostalgia theme was that it's kind of the... I don't know if epitome is the right word, but, like, the... Yes. like of Christian fiction yes. and kind of, I think it's kind of shaped the genre. Oh, it's sure. actually oh, what the Christie absolutely. Award is named after. Yes. So, mm-hmm. um, cause it's sold over 10 million copies <laughs> since it was published. And so I think it's also the thing that like this book has stood the test of time. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's easy. I mean, I remember in high school reading books that were older and, you know, literature classes and stuff, but like the idea of like a book that also is based on someone's life, even mm-hmm. regardless of how much of it was exaggerated right. or fictionalized or whatever, how much of it was her interpretation of her mother's stories it's this beautiful story and like they actually have a mm-hmm. because it's such a it was a it set a precedent do you know what i'm saying yeah. it was yeah. like because even like the just everything about it you know is this like beautiful tale i think mm-hmm. of how we can see all of ourselves in yeah. different parts you know and it's just like incredible and i think that's why it resonates with so many people yeah I agree. And will forever. And that's why, yeah. like, of all ages, too. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to this podcast and you have not listened to it or 
Reddit. Oh, Reddit. Yeah. 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 Because you can honestly listen to it on... Um, yeah, it is a great audiobook. It's fantastic. We all three highly yes. recommend the audiobook. Highly, <laughs> highly, highly recommend. Um, also, fun fact, if you're listening to audiobooks, you can do other things while you're, you know, enjoying a story. Odette so, is fast. an audiobook convert now. I am. <laughs> she's, she's seen the light. She's on that track. I didn't know that I did not see the light, but now I'm like all in. You didn't I even know audiobooks. you're walking in darkness. No, I didn't. <laughs> but now I see the light. Wow, just like Christy. That's right. So our next, our next uh, (laughs) nostalgia pick is another is our second nostalgia pick, Mm -hmm. and it'll be um, well, it's the Mandy series. So I think we're all picking a different book from the Mandy series, Mm -hmm. and we'll be kind of discussing discussing them, comparing them, taking a look at them. Yeah, having a lot of fun. And they're like um, Christian romance. Uh, mysteries is, yes. is what they and are. And they're designed, they're they're geared towards children. Yes. So I feel like the romance is not, like, children maybe leading into young adults. The romance is not super heavy. I don't no. think. I mean, honestly, I haven't read them since I was a young adult like that. Yeah. So I can't, I just I'm remember being, ex- like, I remember li- liking them for that reason. Um, yeah. Yes, because it was lovely. So yeah, so that'll be that'll the be next fun. book and it'll be a very different turn from Christy, yes. but... It'll be a fun, a fun yes, read. I'm excited. It'll be fun. And yeah, Madeline absolutely. has never read any Mandy books. Yeah, and I grew excited. up reading those. Yeah, so I remember Morgan fun. always trying to get me to read them, but I never, yeah. I never did. She yeah. was picky. So here I That's am. It's okay. <laughs> but now you are years later on a Christian fiction podcast. Gonna read a Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would love if you send in if you read Christy or even just listening to this podcast if something resonated in you from a God perspective. Mm-hmm. I know we usually say, hey, if you want to, you know, write into us about book recommendations or something that we feel strongly about Mm -hmm. but also too if there's something in this that resonated with you or that you want to share with us that you're like hey this is my god moment in christy um we would love to hear that as well absolutely also if you are team david like we're not going to judge you that harshly we we might judge you a little bit but we'll never let you know that we're judging you so it's okay but uh, you gotta tell us why like give <laughs> us some give us some pros yeah. if you give are us some team more david, information you want to know yes and give us your argument and we'll hear you out and we'll yeah. hear you out we absolutely we will. will not change our minds but we'll hear you out yeah <laughs> also like just for the record i was team david up till like probably chapter 30 so wow. there you go i mean that's most of the book that's or, a big chunk or the, the wedding I don't. Maybe that was chapter twenty-eight. Whatever it is, like in that way, around yeah. there. Yeah. Anyway, Over so that's awesome. So all right. Well, awesome. Well, that was uh, that was Christy. Christy. <laughs> we'll chat with you guys later. Okay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep keep it lit. lit!